Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by the wonderful, the fabulous, the amazing MJ. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You forgot brilliant, but I'll let it slide. I did. I did forget brilliant. Sometimes I just like run out of time for adjectives because we can't, you know, do the adjectives for the whole podcast. But I'll put that in next time for you if you want to prioritize that in your top three. That sounds good. Okay, perfect. Uh, MJ, do you want to introduce yourself to our, our wonderful audience? Tell them who you are, why you're here, all that kind of stuff. Hi, my name is MJ Siegel, and I'm here to talk about website accessibility. <laughs> I'm an associate attorney. I think Braden's laughing because um, I have a podcast voice right now. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. new. That's new for me. Yeah, I more was thinking like your role on the team. Mm -hmm. I'm an associate attorney with Not Your Average Law Firm, and I mostly write contracts. If you have uh, asked for a new contract term in our Facebook group, Brains Besties, then I might have written it up for you. Great, great. Yeah, so you're doing lots of client work, helping a little bit inside of our programs with our awesome students and all that kind of stuff. So MJ, you started working... <sighs> Always, it always feels like it's like a couple months ago, but then I remember like with Emily, I was like, oh, we've been working together for like a year and a half. And she's like, it'll be three and a half years soon. And I'm like, oh, great, great, great. When did you start? I started with you in April of in this April. year, of 2023. Okay. So it really has been a, a few months. Yeah, I was going to say like February. So it was a little bit, a little bit after that. Okay, so April. All right, great. So MJ, you took the first crack at a blog post that we just published called Making Your Website Legally Compliant. I went in and added a little bit, but most of this is coming from you. So that's why I thought, you know, if we're going to talk about this on the podcast, then we should both talk about it because you're going to have a lot of information. Why this is important for you, the listener, listening to the two of us lawyers talk about this legal stuff. If you have a website, which most likely you do because you're a business owner, there's a lot of things that you need to be doing on your website. And a lot of this, I well, actually, I wouldn't say that any of it's intuitive in the sense that like we're just kind of born knowing it or understanding it. But a lot of it is learned just scrolling other people's websites and picking things up through Facebook groups. But a lot of us are not really fully aware of the rules and the laws, myself included, which MJ is why I had you start researching them. So did you have so much fun doing that? I really did. I mean, I'm a dork, uh, which is why <laughs> I'm a lawyer. Great. It works so well for me. And I really enjoyed looking at this. One thing that I'll mention is some of the uh, optimization that we're talking about for websites will uh -huh. help you with search engine optimization. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, for sure. Like, it's kind of a two-bird situation. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get into these. How many different, like, points or topic areas or issues did we have seven i believe so seven okay so let's just go through them so i could 
Emily, who's listening, Emily, let's title this like seven things your website needs to be legally compliant or something like that. Doesn't that sound great, MJ? That sounds good to me. People fucking love a listicle. So you got to give the people what they want. Also great for SEO, apparently. So let's go through that. I think we should start with the privacy policy, though, because that'll make the cookies make a little bit more sense. So let's start there and then we'll go through them in order. So what's number one, MJ? Number one is our privacy policy. That's going to (laughs) be that little link at the bottom of your website that most people will not read, but that they really should. So look at your favorite website and read their privacy policy. And remember that folks like Brayden and I are writing it. Yeah, yeah, we are writing it. We have, we of course have a template inside of the contract club. So if all of you, if any of you are not in the contract club, you can go grab it. I know a lot of people just go to other websites and they just copy and paste their privacy policies, which, you know, I get it, but we make the contract club $30. So if it makes you feel a little bit more ethical and good about yourself to give us money to get uh, an attorney drafted one, you can do that. MJ, should we, okay. Let's not go through like everything that needs to be in a privacy policy, because frankly, I don't think anyone cares. It's one of those things like you just get a template that's going to have everything in there that you need in there. But broadly speaking, like what is it and what should it cover? So your privacy policy is something required by a lot of newly passed laws, which is part of why it's so nice to get it from our contract club, because we're updating it. And if you copy and paste it from somewhere else, you have no idea if they're updating it. But what needs to be in your privacy policy is the data that you're collecting from your clients or users of your website and what you do with that data. So it's all about being open and making sure that you are disclosing what you do with whatever data you collect from them. And by data, I mean name, email address, IP address, whatever your computer takes from theirs. Yeah, and I think... This can't, it can seem really complicated, but I'll give you all an example. So in our privacy policy, and if a lot of you are online course creators or educators, or you have digital goods, whatever, you're selling stuff via the internet, other than services, your terms are going to be pretty similar. But ours, you know, is we collect your name and your email address because we need those things in order to like email you the product that you bought. Like it's pretty much literally what our privacy policy says. And then we also have in there, sometimes we will collect your address because we mail out fun things like stickers um, as a surprise, like stickers and postcards as a fun surprise for people who buy our programs. And then also sometimes we collect uh, Instagram handles so that we can give you shout outs like on social media. Not complicated. It's just if there's another point of data you're collecting, you should have that on there. Um, None of you should be collecting things as serious as like social security numbers, like through website forms. If you need any really, really sensitive data, then you need to be going through a third party platform like MJ. We use TaxDome with our tax clients because that has like all of the encryption and security and all that other like fancy data stuff that I don't understand to make sure that all of that information is protected. And that's kind of a separate thing. Okay, are we ready to talk about cookies? See, that's exactly what you have to do, is just making sure that it's safe. Yes. 
All right, we took a quick pause there. So you you may have heard some pausing on the audio recording. We ha- we're having some internet troubles today, but I was teeing you up to talk about cookies, MJ. So I should have asked what's number two in our seven. I kind of just gave away the answer. So number two in our seven, all you crossword puzzler fixers, <laughs> uh, is cookies. So I think most of us have seen a little window at the bottom of a website saying this is what we do we have cookies if you accept them press yes if no click here to customize whether or not you want them and the cookies are little blocks of data created by a web server Um, this is straight from wikipedia you're welcome Mm -hmm. and it tracks how a person clicks all over a website so it uses things like clear gifts and a person will click on it it says where they clicked it Because that communicates data about a user, the user has to agree to let you use that data and use those cookies. And because of that, it has to go in a cookie policy, which can just be a term within your privacy policy. And that's what we have in the template. Great. I, so I, I love to think of analogies for everything and the best one I could come up with this, and there might be some like tech person who's listening is like, Brayden, that doesn't make any sense. But to me, hang with me. I think like if you stuck an air tag on someone, so you could just like watch everywhere they go. Is that how air tags work? I've never used one. I think so. Okay, well, let's pretend that's how they work. So basically you could like track them. That's essentially what a cookie is, but just on like your online use of the website. So I've seen those programs, like there's, there's, they're like heat map kind of programs or they're it's software where you can go and see like where people are clicking on your website. Like they scroll here, they click here, they click there. I think that the cookies are in what's enabling the software to do that. And it also helps you like with stored credit card information and all that kind of stuff. So cookies, I think are generally a good thing, both as a business owner perspective. And for me, because I love anytime my computer is able to autofill a form for me because I hate filling out forms more than anything, but that just has to be disclosed and you can put it in your privacy policy, right? Absolutely. Great. Okay. So what is number three? Number three is a little more techie. It's data security. So we kind of think of like, oh my goodness, there's like a pentagon uh, uh-huh. storage of information somewhere that we have to have no no it just means make sure that your website is not being hacked so you know if you have like norton antivirus on your computer you're doing well <laughs> you're doing really well and if you don't want to be a dork like myself and ensure that you have an SSL certificate and a secure hosting platform. And there's a bunch of points in in the blog post that appeal to people like me who want all those techie little details. You can literally just hire a third party because there are companies who specialize in making sure that your website is safe. Great. That's that's enough. That's enough for me to know. I'm just like, as long as I am not getting emails that my like, passwords have been stolen and that I'm getting hacked left, right, and center, I'm going to assume that I'm doing pretty okay. Oh, yeah, that's it. As long as you have someone else guaranteeing that for you, you're good. 
Okay, number, what's number four? Number four is accessibility. And this is a fun part because it really helps your search engine optimization. So when someone looks something up on Google, right? Google mm -hmm. does not read what you see on the web page. Google is reading the HTML code, the actual code that tells the computer what to display. And so when you're making a website accessible, like with alternate text, which by the way, you can do alternate text on Squarespace, on Wix, through WordPress. It's really easy when you upload the media to just put it in there. And when you do something like alternate text, it lets someone who may be blind read the entire web page with a screen reader. But what it also does is it tells Google what terms to uh, to return this image for if someone uses those to search, right? So if someone searches like golden retriever grooming and you have an image of a golden retriever being groomed on your website because you're a dog groomer, mm -hmm. if you just have that image as image.png, Google doesn't know to bring that up in search engine. But if you have alternate text, if you put it up in WordPress and clicked in alternate text, this is a picture of a golden retriever being groomed. It knocks it way up in search results. So alt text is oh. really, it's just like a description of what your, what the photo is. That's exactly what it is. Right? That's it. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I embarrassingly do not have like alt text anywhere on the website. Please don't sue me. But Emily, Emily, if we haven't started that, we need to, we need to get on that. So we're going to be adding um, all of the alt text everywhere on the website this week. Um, if you're listening and you haven't done that yet, that's like important step number one when it comes to being compliant. Well, I should say being compliant with accessibility law, but also just like being accessible to the people who potentially want to work with you, which is really important. A huge percentage of people in the United States are disabled. And all you're doing by making it accessible is complying with law and optimizing your search engine results and making yourself available to them as um, a creator. So, so what's the what's the actual do we have like an actual rule when it comes to accessibility of your website or that it just it's kind of this vague, vague, it needs to be usable, you, you know, by like anyone in the public? So the ADA doesn't have specific guidelines because if they said you have to have a wheelchair ramp, then people are going to find a way to put, to say, well, there's a ramp out back that we use to wheel the dumpster and that totally counts. So what the ADA says and said, the American with Disabilities Act says that it needs to be accessible. And for the internet, that means that someone who uses assistive technologies like a screen reader has to be able to use every part of it. And uh, so what you can do to check for that is use something like an accessibility plugin, like EqualWeb. EqualWeb has a free plugin. You can use it to check your website, see what you need to change to make it accessible. There's not one rule that you can follow, but the ADA cites um, the web content accessibility guidelines which is published by the same people who decided way back in the 90s this is how we're going to make websites so mm -hmm. that every browser can read it right and uh those 
accessibility guidelines are geared again towards someone a little more techie like myself. If you write your own HTML, you're gonna love it. <laughs> if you don't, bounce it over to someone like me or use an accessibility plugin to um, to see what you need to change. The number one thing with accessibility doesn't come down to coding or any of that techie stuff. It comes down to how you write your content. So it comes down to including alternate text, using contrasting colors for text, and making sure that you check it, again, with an accessibility plugin. Make sure that someone with a screen reader could use it. Awesome. Okay, so we have all those bullet points lined out, uh, bulleted out in the blog post, so everyone can check it out. Uh, moving on to our next topic, number five is... Copyright. Copyright. I guess I should have teed you up a little bit more to fill in that blank, but you, 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 you were there. You were there with me. So, what do we need to know it was about? Delayed, but I'm here. Oh, it was a delay. <laughs> we may still be having our internet delay. Um, what do, what does everyone need to know about copyright, particularly with regard to the website? Because we've talked a lot about copyright on the podcast, so people generally should know what we're talking about here. Well, it's great that they know what we're talking about because then they know that regardless of whether or not you register the copyright, you're protected by it. So for your website, it's really simple, but it's also very easy to overlook. When you scroll to the bottom of your website, there should be a small notice in the footer that has copyright, the year the website was published, and the name of the copyright owner. For you, it would be copyright 2023, right and trade. And that's it. But mm -hmm. that protects your website and it gives notice to anyone that is thinking about ripping off your content. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, so great. We need to have a copyright n notice, essentially, right? That's it. All right. So number six. This is kind of a more of like a broad kind of category, right? It is because it's a broad law. And we're trying to accommodate laws from the United States, from the UK, from Canada, and from the European Union. So there's just some do's and don'ts of email marketing. Because back in the 90s, we were all getting emails from a Nigerian prince asking us to send him some money. <laughs> and the laws I think, of I, the still, I, think decided... I still get those, actually. <laughs> Well, then we need to talk about your, your data privacy again. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about security, Braden. But the spam laws are making sure that you are not sending those emails. And to do that, there's a list of things that you do. There's a couple of things that you don't. So don't lie. That's pretty basic. Hopefully we do that anyway. Don't use deceptive subject lines. Don't say your uncle's in the hospital because we gave him such a good deal. You know, like in the body of the, the email. Yeah, what he's in the hospital from shock at the deep discount on the on unit program. Yeah, don't do that. Please don't. What you do need to do, ask permission before you send a marketing email. Make sure that it's labeled as an advertisement. Keep a record of where they said that they would accept marketing emails because... You don't want them to bounce back and say, I never said that I would I would take these. You say, yeah, you I get those. Right MJ, we get one of those emails at least once a month. So 
this is why it's really important, everyone. I mean, none of them I don't think ever going to do legal action. This just makes me feel a little bit better because I am pettier than I probably should be in a professional setting. But people will email and say, I never signed up for this. And I'm like, well, let me log into Kajabi. You downloaded this free download on April 2nd. 2019 oh and it looks like you've been getting my my emails every week since then so here's the screenshot so why it's important for us to have a log particularly this really applies if you're doing email marketing right if you're collecting people's emails and doing email marketing and a lot of it i do think is like common sense you have to you can't just go you can't hate to tell you people you can't go on linkedin and write down every person's email under the sun and then add them to your email list because i know that's how i'm getting marketing emails from all these people trying to help me accelerate my law firm and whatever other whatever other kind of bullshit i could go off on a whole tirade about that <laughs> i think that's another podcast i'll yeah maybe maybe yeah. okay so after spam laws the last one mj do you mind if i take over like take the last one because i ended up just kind of rewriting that one because i realized it was kind of confusing to me go for it okay so number seven, originally we had web terms. I retitled it to program terms, but really what we're talking about is website contracts outside of your privacy policy. And I realized the reason this is confusing is because it's kind of like client contracts. Like sometimes there's a whole, there's different types of contracts we might need to be sending and it, and it gets, it gets complicated. So generally speaking, you're going to have your privacy policy and you're going to have web terms of use. If you have an interactive website. So what I mean by that, I always like to give social media as an example. So when you're on Twitter, now X, if that's what we're calling it, Facebook, Instagram, threads, the product, like the product you're using is the actual platform. So web terms, uh, web terms of use are going to dictate like what you can do on their website, like you cannot harass and bully people like right on social media, that's always part of their web terms. Um, a lot of us should have web terms too. They're going to be like very, very generic, but really what we're talking about here, more importantly, are any program terms or terms of service for specific things that you sell. So if you sell digital downloads, templates, swipe copy, that kind of stuff, you should have the little checkbox when they go to checkout that says, I agree to the terms of service. And then you should have a contract for that. So MJ writes a lot of these for our clients. And we actually talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? Like we had one client who sold 20 different templates, but they're all like ballpark same price, right? Wasn't that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So in that circumstance, we're like, well, we'll just refer to the same terms. So in those kind of terms, we say, if you purchase a digital download, you know, that applies to all 20 of these products, then these are the terms that govern you. And then we're going to have separate terms if you have like a membership or an online course or something like that, just for that program. And then you're going to hyperlink to that on that checkout page. So that's how these program terms work. It's very similar to a client contract when you hire someone one on one, and they send you the contract to review and sign similar here, except you're sending, you know, dozens of people to this checkout page is a lot easier to have that link there instead of having um, to send people a contract every time they buy the thing. Um, and of course, we have templates for all of those things inside of the contract club. You can see that this is a thinly veiled promotion at this point in time, but it's my podcast, so I do what I want. Um, it really is something that you all probably should have if you don't already, because we have dozens and dozens of templates in there 
notavglaw.com forward slash club. And we'll link that in the show notes. So MJ, anything else that we missed that you want to share with our lovely people? I think we've covered it all of course if they get into the contract club and they say oh you know what my program is totally different i have this one thing that <laughs> i think i need a term for put it in Braden's besties on facebook and we will see it and either we'll point to it in uh the actual facebook group where someone else has asked for it or we will write it up for you yeah yeah i would say 90 percent of the time when people have questions we can just link them to something we've already written the other. Well, and then I would say like 5% of the time we can write it for them new. The other 5% of the time we say, you just need to hire us for that one bestie. Cause that's like complicated and very, very niche specific to you. Um, like, I think we had a request a couple of weeks ago for someone in the construction industry. And we're like, we're not really, not really doing that. We, we got a niche over here. So most of you though, we should be able to help. If you're listening to this and you're like, Braden, that sounds great, but like, I don't want to, I don't want to read a contract. I don't want to write a contract. I'm not even interested in your template. You can hire us. We can do it for you. So we have a monthly legal subscription. It's $200 a month. Uh, it's called Legal RX, and we can create all these documents for you. It's something I've not been doing a great job about promoting, um, but we have about 20 folks inside of that. And that's when you really get to work one-on-one. Uh, -on -one with MJ. So another great reason to have you on here for the introduction. So MJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Great to, uh, to be on it. And I hope to use my podcast voice again very soon. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You can, maybe you'll get into like uh, audiobook recordings or something. Oh yeah. That's, that's the goal. That's the dream. Side, that's what yeah, I went to side law business. Yeah. Great, great, great. Well, thank you everyone so much for tuning in. If you like the show, don't forget to share it with your friends. Always appreciated. And we will be back in your podcast app next week for another episode. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.